0: Welcome to Working Towards Our Purpose, a podcast that offers a different perspective on what a job can be. For everyone out there that's heard that voice in the back of their head asking for something more, it's time to listen to it. I'm your host, Gino, and join me as I interview people who have decided to work in their own purpose. Together, we will learn, become inspired, and hopefully find our own path towards working in our purpose. So joining me today is Alyssa Ray, who is a therapist, a certified recovery coach, a clinical growth coach, an embodiment consultant, and the co-host of the wonderful podcast, The Moon and Your Mind, which has a unique blend of therapy and astrology. Alyssa, thank you for being with me here today. How are you?
1: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Um, I'm doing good. It's a Friday. So yeah, it is good. a Friday. <laughs> Actually,
0: I almost forgot it was Friday. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. Happy Friday. <laughs>
0: So uh, why don't we start by having you just tell us a little bit about what you do and, you know, your podcast and your kind of day-to-day.
1: Yeah. So my day-to-day is different every week. And I'm super thankful for that because I think I have my hands in a couple different projects, but I have a master's in marriage and family therapy and a background in recovery coaching and being a yoga teacher and a lot of work just in the mental health space. But out of that, I've recently joined a company called Aspen Growth Coaching, where we provide remote clinical support to families and individuals coming out of whether it's wilderness therapy, residential treatment, stuff like that. So we're really creating a wraparound service. I also co-host the podcast, The Moon in Your Mind with one of my really good friends, Chelsea, who's an astrologer, where we just challenge people to stay curious in their everyday lives. I have my own budding business, which is Haelousa Ray, and it's kind of morphing and evolving over time, but. Right now, I offer kind of somatic support, um, somatic coaching, personalized meditations, different work with that too. And I'm grateful because I get to create my own schedule weekly. So that is definitely a privilege and a freedom that I worked really hard to get to. So every day, I try to just tune into my own energy and create a schedule that works best for me. So it honestly evolves with the season. So right now, during winter... I don't love working at night, I can't really work late at night. So I'm trying to end all my sessions and my work day by five. So I can just really tune into myself and into my own practices and my relationships and whatnot. Did that answer the question?
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. (laughs) I was going to say, how do you um, like balance everything? It seems like there's a lot of different pieces moving around. And especially with like working for somebody, do you have the flexibility of being able to kind of set your own schedule with that too?
1: Yes. So I learned in the past year when I was finishing, well, two years when I was finishing up my uh, master's program, I had quit my full-time job. That was a very strict nine to five Monday through Friday And it was unfortunately because I had to do two unpaid full-time internships for grad school, which is a whole other thing and rabbit hole that we can get down. (laughs) But it ended up being a blessing because I think I was very nervous about the financials behind it, but I went and supported different therapists as a virtual assistant. And so I started making my own hours then. And I think it was kind of like a snip of freedom that I tasted. And I was like, I can't ever go back to a nine to five ever again. And fortunately and unfortunately, I did originally take a job after I graduated last May that was a strict nine to five. And it just did not vibe well with me at all for a lot of different reasons. And so when I started with Aspen Growth Coaching, I one of the first things that they had mentioned was you are completely autonomous over your schedule. We do not hold you to a strict 40 hours a week. We have a certain caseload that you have to manage and we'll have you on like one or two other projects, but you get to decide your hours. And I work with a lot of people who are across country. So we're dealing with different time zones too. So there does have to be some flexibility in that, but being able to create my own schedule has given me so much more freedom and empowerment. And I've just been so much happier with it so it's nice to be able to cultivate that it has been a challenge because i'm a people pleaser so boundaries have been tested majorly but i'm getting really good at that and i think that's helped in my own personal growth too so it's definitely something that i don't think i could ever go back to working a nine to five ever again
0: Mm. yeah i I did want to ask a little bit about that about like previous jobs that you didn't like or like why you didn't like them or if you didn't feel connected to them and, and that sort of thing. Cause now it seems like you do enjoy your work and you are, you know, you feel purposeful and, and that sort of thing. But did you have any, like in the past that you really didn't? And like, what did that feel like?
1: Yes. Yeah, so it's actually night and day, the summer of 2022, the job I had originally taken, which I won't name names. It is in the state of Connecticut, but I don't, I don't want to bash anyone <laughs> um, or any, any corporation, but that company was pretty standard mental health done. Well, they were for-profit mental health, but a lot of nonprofit mental health agencies are similar. Where you know you, as, especially as a new therapist or a bachelor's level provider, you are at the bottom of the totem pole. You are the one staying the latest. You have the highest security of cases for whatever reason. You have the higher caseloads, and a lot of just random stuff is dumped on you. And the job that I was in originally over the summer, we actually, and I laugh about it now, but then I was like very angry and and very <laughs> upset about it. But we had the clinical leadership team sitting us down week after week, not yelling. They yelled at us once, but most of the time it was just like a certain talking of everyone needs to stay till five o'clock. I don't want to see anyone leaving at 4:55. Like you're all contracted to stay till five. But then they would turn around and leave at 2:30. <laughs> or leave at three and come around the office and say goodbye to everyone. And wow. it was just one of those things where it's like, you're getting paid the highest. You don't have a caseload or you have a minimal caseload and you pick the cases that you want. But we're getting dumped the highest acuity, the most chronic patients. like, And so it was just very frustrating to me to watch that happen and watch that unfold, especially after... I had the taste for about a year of working for myself and creating my own schedule more or less. And so I think that's exactly what I needed was that freedom and that flexibility. So joining Aspen Growth Coaching has just been really good for my nervous system too. And I think my confidence in setting those boundaries because Alex, our founder, really wants it to be our company. She started it, but she always likes to say, this is ours, whatever feedback you have, whatever you guys want to do with it, this is, everyone has a piece of the pie and everyone gets to decide where this goes and how we want to run with it. I get to choose the type of people and individuals that I work best with. I get to choose the hours that I work with. To a degree, I can choose the extent of cases that I have. And so being able to have someone See me in that way and support me in being autonomous and having some sense of authority over my life. Granted, I can't just like say, oh, I'm not going to work today, right? But that's not life. <laughs> I think we all need to realize like we have to work. But when you're able to do the things you're really passionate about on the time that makes the most sense for you and your energy and, and your life, it just feels like it's not work at the end of the day. Like you're really living out your purpose and, and serving communities in the best way and in the best alignment.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And that sounds like really great leadership, especially in contrast to like what you had previously, because I've, I've certainly experienced similar in the nine to five corporate world of saying one thing and then doing something else as an example. So yeah, it's, it's more about like what you're doing, not what you're saying. Um, but I did want to ask you about how you got started because you said you were a virtual assistant for therapists. How did you get started in that? And like, Did you use those like sites online to get like freelancer and stuff like that? Or how did that work?
1: Yeah. So I, when I started my grad program, I knew that I was going to have to quit my full-time job eventually. And I thought I actually transitioned jobs just because when I started grad school in 2019, I was doing in-home mental health support for families and individuals coming out of hospitals. And it was really intense and it was long nights. And I just knew I wasn't going to be able to handle most of it. So... I transitioned to something else I thought would be able to work with a full-time internship too, but that turned out not the case. And I could go on a spiel about higher ed and unpaid internships because I think it's unethical and it should be illegal. Mm -hmm. But it was the virtual assistants came out of this desperation to how am I going to make money and a livelihood while I finish out this grad program as I'm taking on student loans too. So I didn't want to take on more just to live. And I'd come across a girl on Instagram actually that was a virtual assistant for therapists. And she was starting a community for other graduate students to kind of support in that process, too, where a lot of therapists in private practice needed that backhand support of whether it's social media management, podcast support, basic admin stuff, because not a lot of therapists want to do that stuff, which is great, because then that created a job for all of us, right? So we connected and I actually joined that community. And from there, it was just its own little network. So I got connected to more and more people. And over, I think it was like six months, I was able to match what I was making at my full-time job. So I was able to leave in that way, finish out my graduate program and kind of transition from there. And to be honest, it not only opened doors for me of just realizing how much healthier I was when I was kind of working for myself and being able to escape that nine to five, but also just in networking and realizing what was out there and also realizing what I was capable of, because even though I was in grad school for therapy and working for therapists, a lot of the work I was doing was creative and I never thought I was a creative person, but it was so fun to kind of tap into that skill set. And I still use it today and kind of promoting my own business, starting my podcast and even supporting my boss and, and stuff that she's doing, too.
0: Yeah, that's really awesome and a, and a good point. As far as like being able to see what else is out there, because I think a lot of times, especially if you go like the college route and you get your degree, it's it's very like straightforward path. Like this is the job you're supposed to get or it will be this sort of thing. And even just you talking about like your current job, how flexible it is and how the owner wants you to be a part of the company. That's like a very different way, I think, that people don't normally see. So that's great that they kind of gave you the opportunity to see other things that are out there. So that's really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: So I know a big theme of your podcast is staying curious. Um, I was wondering if you can go into that a little bit and tell me why you think that's important and how you stay curious yourself.
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, Chelsea and I started that and it was really easy to come up with that being our foundation because her and I, we've been friends since college, but we geek out on everything astrology and self-help and, and whatnot. And so a lot of the podcasts that we listen to, we would send back and forth but something that we noticed often was sometimes the host would just get on there and kind of lecture people and want to be that guru and want to be like the all-knowing being. And the ones that we really loved the most were people being curious. And I think in our own lives, the more curious we've been about our life, whether it's psychology and astrology or the businesses we're a part of, the jobs we're taking, our day-to-day life, the more expansive we were able to feel. and autonomous too. So I think being able to be curious every day helps me not feel so in my head and so stuck. And so just on the same path, I deal with a lot of anxiety I have since I was younger and I've had episodes of depression as well. And so I think that can really spiral into just being stuck with those emotions, but when I'm curious about it and curious about my experiences, then I'm able to kind of step outside of that and step outside of the status quo and the day to day. And I think the more people we bring on the podcast and the more people we talk about it with, it just helps us create a sense of like lightness in our life and not take life so seriously, but just be, I don't know, more like philosophers in a way and just think about like better things and other perspectives. So... I don't know if that
0: answered the question. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think that it's a really good thing to like be aware of for sure. But I guess like so, what what specifically does that look like? If somebody was stuck in their head or they're like you know feeling depressed, like what is something that they could do to like shift their mindset to then kind of be curious? Because to me, it almost sounds mm-hmm. like gratefulness. Like like I you know you know the idea of like oh when you're feeling bad if you are grateful for the things that you have, then it could help pull you out of that. But sometimes it's like, well, yeah, but I I don't know how to get there. Like when I'm in that Mm -hmm. mood. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And I think that's where another foundation of my work comes into play and that's somatic. So being able to be curious just about how your mindset and your thoughts and your experiences are showing up in your physical body. Because so often, especially as modern humans, we get stuck in our head. And I think as a trained talk therapist, there's only so much that you can talk through and think through. So being able to put down your phone, put down the gratitude journal, put down the book, whatever it is, and just sit with yourself and be curious about how is my mental and external experience showing up in my body right now and being curious about that. Because our body has so much. It's trying to communicate with us and we're not listening at all. And I think in my own experience with healing, you know, my yoga teacher training was what really started that for me and opened that up for me of realizing that's the first step. And not to say that works for everyone, but we are all physical beings, right? Like we're, in in my opinion, we're all spiritual beings having physical experience, but at the end of the day, we all have a physical body. And I think if they say it's like 80 or 90% of our nervous system communication is body to brain, not brain to body, but we're not listening. So when we're able to be curious about that, I think it helps us to get out of our head and into our bodies. So then we can start to transition our patterns a bit more and take action in a different way, rather than just trying to think our way out of depression or think our way out of anxiety. Because again, as a talk therapist, it doesn't work. (laughs) We need to kind of have a balance of both.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. And can you talk more about like the somatic practices? Do you do that for, for clients as well?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I'm currently starting a somatic attachment therapy training program. So in a couple of months, I'll, I'll know a lot more, but I like to incorporate a lot of what I've learned in the past from all my yoga trainings and, and that work that I've done into the work I do with my clients as well. But it really just begins with being comfortable in your own body and being comfortable and sitting with your body and learning kind of what sensations you're feeling. So a lot of what I do with my clients initially is to just build up that, that communication barrier. So that can look like practicing body scans that can look like even me just asking you, you know, when you were anxious the other day, where did you feel that in your body notice how, how much pressure is in your chest or how your shoulders are all the way up to your ears, right? What happens if you release that away from your ears? Mm -hmm. How does that feel different? Right. And so again, it's less about thinking and talking. It's more about just being able to be comfortable with feeling. And from there we start to incorporate different practices. You know, breath work is another big one that I find really crucial for people because it's something that It's one of the only things we can control in life is our breath, but we don't control it, right? Like I, when I first started doing breath work, I realized how shallow my breath is and I'm not breathing deeply. And so the more I practice breath work, the more relaxed I am because I'm actually taking in breath and allowing my nervous system to heal in that way. So a lot of it's education first, and then kind of building up that resourcing and being able to be comfortable being in your body and not just in your mind.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's really insightful because even like I'm in therapy myself and sometimes like when I first started, my therapist would be like, well, where do you feel? that?" And I would be like, "Uh, what do you mean? Like, I don't understand what that means. (laughs) And then she would give me examples of like the shoulders. And I'm like, oh, I'm like way, you know, (laughs) touching my ears with my shoulders almost. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So it's funny, like it is a practice, obviously, to to notice those things. But once you're like aware of it, you can then kind of start noticing it more and more. So it's it's kind of kind of interesting. I did want to ask you, going back to your podcast, about the relationship that you have with your co-host, because I think it's a mm-hmm. um you may have even mentioned it one time on your podcast, but like the idea of the both of you doing something together and then getting it done versus like if one of you tried it, you know, you would have never got it finished. But because the both of you working together, like that idea of I think sometimes people like think they could do everything on their own, me, myself included, have a bad habit of doing that. <laughs> so how do you like, I don't know, even just like trust somebody enough to like do something together? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, and that a lot of that has come out of a lot of that realization has come out of the podcast itself. But Chelsea and I are polar opposites when it comes to our astrology signs where I'm almost all earth in my chart. And Chelsea has like a lot of fire and air. And so she is in the clouds a lot and she's so creative and has all these great ideas. And I'm able to kind of reel her back down and be like, okay, this is a to-do list to get there. And this is the structure to get there and the systems we need, right? And so we had met, we were actually both in a sorority in college together, worst experience of our life, but we say (laughs) we're so happy that we joined it because we met each other and became really good friends. But yeah, I think we had both said that we wanted to start a podcast individually and we're just talking about it and being able to do it together and really any project that you do with another person, it can be almost more rewarding than it would be alone because again like you had said we try so hard to be independent and we try so hard to accomplish things on our own and it's almost for me at least i've realized that was such like coming from an ego state of like i have to do it and i have to do it this way and i'm gonna get it done and i'm gonna get all like the glory for it and whatever but being able to do it with someone else is such a cool experience and I don't know. I, I feel like our friendship has deepened in a different way. And I just understand her on a deeper level now. And it's just cool because we've gone to places that I didn't even think was possible because of that. And because we're combining two of our brains and two of our passions into one. And I've been able to grow in different ways, and so has she. And again, I think we are such social creatures as humans. But as modern humans, we're like separating ourselves so much and we're stuck just in the world of technology, which is a blessing and a curse, but we really need to start coming together in community more often and really support one another in that sense. And it it doesn't have to look like a podcast, right? It can look like really anything. It doesn't have to be a business, but just do something creative with someone, you know? Um, it can really just open a lot of doors and a lot of different passions and curiosities. And yeah, it's been a lot of fun for sure.
0: Well, that's great. I'm glad you guys, you know, had started that podcast together, but to, to go off of what you're saying, I think sometimes even you can be like more inspired to do something because somebody else can like reflect your ideas back to you even. And then you can be like, Oh, that is a good idea. I'm not just going to like talk myself out of it and, you know, go down a spiral of, you know, something negative, but. (laughs) So to talk more about like your healing journey and stuff like that, I know that there's like a lot of alternative forms of healing that you guys talk about in your podcast. Uh, do you want to go into any of them, astrology or maybe microdosing or spirituality? Like, let's let's go somewhere in there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think honestly they're all so important and all have a place. And this will be my disclaimer. Cause I, I think the curiosity foundation has really helped me understand that it's not one size fits all, right? Like there isn't one cure to healing and one cure to, you know, uncovering your true self and your true passion. Try it all out and see what fits. And I think for me, you know, I dabbled in astrology and actually pulled Chelsea into it and it didn't necessarily stick for me, but Chelsea has a beautiful business and a beautiful career out of it now, right? And I think both of us at the same time got interested in microdosing too, just based on some of the conversations that we were having in that space. And we were introduced to some people to help guide us on that path. And, you know, I had done recreationally some psychedelics in college once or twice. And once it was a profound experience and it, you know, it was beautiful. And I think definitely helped speed track a lot in my life for me, but another one was really bad and really dangerous. And, you know, I was in a position that I hope I never have to be in again, but being able to learn what microdosing even is and how to do it intentionally and how to do it with integrity and ethically has really shifted in a big way. And I think, there's a community called Axis Mundi, who I definitely recommend to everyone and anyone because they're they're just gems of human beings, but they really focus on intentional microdosing and how it's not just you take the capsule in the morning and go about your day, right? You need to sit with it and decide what is my intention for taking this plant at this moment in this time and being curious, right? Like that's where curiosity comes into play again, too, because. You're not just going to take it and all of your problems are going to go away, right? You're going to take it and you're almost going to be able to separate that those parts of yourself and separate from the junk internally to really view the challenges in the day-to-day life and, and your path just in a different perspective than I think you typically would have. And I'm not currently on my protocol right now, but I'm really looking forward to kind of going back on and exploring that again. But we are definitely going through a psychedelic renaissance, which I'm very, very excited about. There's a lot of great documentaries on Netflix and other platforms that I highly recommend. But one of my biggest spiritual teachers has been Ram Dass. And for those that don't know, he was a Harvard professor that, what was it, like the 50s, the 60s, um, him and Timothy O'Leary were testing acid at Harvard to see like what I had to do on the mind and the human spirit. And they got kicked out because, you know, politics and all of that fun stuff. But he then went on to study with Buddhists in India and um, kind of walked down a spiritual path. But that had always been a part of his journey too. And I think there's a reason that these medicines come to exist and these protocols are coming to Exists in in a greater space. But again, it goes back to that set and setting and the intentionality behind it and really being respectful, right? Like I think that is part of it too. We're not just Taking it to get fucked up. Can I swear on here? Is you that okay? That's okay? Okay. <laughs> All right. I've been like holding back a little bit and I was like, I can't in this moment. So I'm just gonna say it. But um yeah, because I think, you know, especially my younger self, I was in college and I was just like, Yeah, let's take acid, like, yeah, let's go on a trip, whatever. But fun fact that I learned the other day, Albert Hoffman, who discovered acid was looking for a medicine for women after they had birth for postpartum and he found acid. And I don't think that's a coincidence. You know what I'm saying? Like I think Mm -hmm. there, and I'm like shaking right now because it's just so powerful, but there's a reason that there's that connection there, right? Like we are so part of this earth. And I think we've moved so far away from that. And that's why we see such big climate struggles and such big mental health struggles. And in the therapeutic space, you know, there are a lot more training programs coming out. And I think that's in my near future as a therapist too, of supporting the psychedelic assisted therapy space. But of course, obviously politics and government and all of that fun stuff needs to get out of the way first. But I think there's a reason that it's helpful when you intentionally take it, when you're in the right set and setting. And again, I think just in my own healing journey, I realized to not just be in my mind all the time, not just be in my body all the time, not just be in the spiritual energetic space all the time, but how do I find a balance of all of it? Right. And that has really just been key for me.
0: Mm, yeah. That's, that's awesome. Have you seen the Ram Das documentary on Netflix? It's like a, it's small sort of like, I think it's only like 30 minutes or something, but it was very interesting.
1: Yes. Yeah, I I think I've watched it like five times. My yeah. fiance is like no more. Like we need to stop. He's like but it's Ramdas. But yeah, and his book Becoming Ramdas is really good. It's a white cover with rainbow writing, but that's mm-hmm. the best way to kind of dive into his work in my opinion, but he's it's- yeah.
0: Is that a newer book? Because I know I've had a copy of Be Here Now, which is kind of a little bit difficult to follow because there's like writing upside down and like pictures and stuff like that.
1: (laughs) Yes, yeah. That I recommend to some people that I've worked with to journal on it, like just open it up Mm -hmm. to a page and just take it in visually and journal on it because I agree, like trying to actually read through that can be kind of overwhelming sometimes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But yeah, his, his newer book, I think it's Becoming Ram Dass. It came out, I think, right after, before he passed away. I think that was in 2020 or 2019. But he had someone writing it for him. So I think they had finished it out based on his life, but he had verbally spoken it out and they had like kind of co-written it together. Yeah, as he kind of knew that the end of his life was coming near. So Mm -hmm. highly, highly
0: recommend. Mm -hmm. And another one who kind of like, got me interested and went down a huge rabbit hole of psychedelics was Michael Pollan um I read his book
1: I've heard of him but I don't I don't know about tell me more about him because mm. I don't know too much about him Yeah
0: so he's basically like a writer and he was into like plants and gardening and that sort of thing and he like wrote articles about all kinds of plants and then he got up I think he was like around in his 50s or 60s when he first became interested in psychedelics so he came into it from like a very fresh perspective Just kind of like, you know, out of curiosity, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) funny enough, Mm -hmm. um, just to see like, well, what are these how do these plants affect you? And he basically took like all the psychedelics out there and then wrote a book on like how they affected him and that sort of thing. So it got like a lot of traction because he was already a well-respected writer. And then now kind of coming into psychedelics, people kind of already knew who he was. Mm -hmm. So he also has a documentary on Netflix, too, which is the same name of the book I'm trying to come up with. I don't know I'm missing it, but... <laughs>
1: Is it How to Change Your Mind? Yes, yeah. How to Change Your okay, Mind. Okay, <laughs> yes, 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 mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So awesome. So yeah, he's a really great resource and he's been on a lot, a lot of podcasts and stuff like that too. And just a very well-spoken, awesome. articulate person.
1: That's amazing. So did he kind of influence your journey and the psychedelic space too?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Him and then also my therapist because she was also very yeah. cool with it too.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, um, wait, I want to hear more. How did yeah. she...
0: Um, so I kind of like brought it up to her once and like I was clearly like hesitant and like, eh, I don't know, like I'm not a you know, quote unquote drug person and that sort of thing. And then she was just like, Why? What's stopping you? <laughs> and I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh, all right. I was expecting you to be like, Yeah, drug's bad. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, she was basically coming at it from like a curiosity standpoint and just asking me a bunch of questions. And then I started asking myself the questions, and I was like, Oh, wait, why am I? like afraid of this or like why shouldn't i be interested or want to do this and then that in conjunction with learning about it from michael Pollan and, and learning like you know how awful the drug war was and uh mm-hmm. all the damage that it did and what they were trying to do with it even back then until the studying got shut down until fairly recent and now you know it's it's in like urban outfitters there's mushrooms everywhere yeah. and it's like kind of crazy and wild to think about but
1: (laughs) yeah that's awesome oh and I'm so happy that your therapist recommended it too and Mm -hmm. kind of guided you in that way because yeah I I think I've seen different things from different therapists so it's always nice when people are encouraging of it that's awesome Mm -hmm.
0: yeah it's it's definitely like not by the books but (laughs) but hey I mean it's it's helpful and I think in one of the documentaries it might have been the michael Pollan one he was saying like he's talked to so many different people in the mental health space and they can identify all these problems but they don't really have good solutions for the problems and not Mm -hmm. that this is the you know magic pill but like it is a solution to some people and Mm -hmm. you know if that's the case then why wouldn't we explore it so
1: right yeah i so i I love that because i think especially coming from a therapeutic lens we get stuck in the same type of therapy all the time, thinking it's just going to fix anyone, right? Like a lot of recovery programs focus on DBT. A lot of therapists for anxiety and depression focus on CBT. And it's like, it's not a one size fits all. Like we have to have all these different outlets and again, incorporate mind, body and spirit. And I think psychedelics absolutely does that. And yeah, it's profound. So in your experience, I want to know more about what it's been like Mm -hmm. for you.
0: Yeah, um, so it was... I don't know, it was interesting. I remember like the first time I took a microdose. I don't know if this is a coincidence. Or, it's hard to tell like what is actual what was the medicine and what wasn't. But I remember like the first time, like first day I like walked out of my apartment and just like ran into my neighbor and normally it's just like a, oh hey, how you doing and we leave, but we actually had like a conversation for like 10 minutes and I was like wow. Huh, that's interesting. I didn't really think about that cuz I'm, you know, a person that has social anxiety and anxiety and mm. that sort of thing. So Normally, I just like try to cut it to a minimum and like leave. But like I actually had a conversation with him. And then as I was walking away, I was like, huh, I wonder if that had anything to do with it. That's (laughs) Um, awesome. And I guess it really doesn't matter if it's the medicine or if it's psychological or whatever it is, because if it's working, then I mean, that's kind of what you're going for, right? (laughs)
1: Right, right.
0: But yeah, I definitely noticed it as far as like getting unstuck with things and being able to do things that I previously thought i couldn't or i shouldn't be able to do um so yeah i don't know i, I mean I, I guess this podcast is a perfect example of it right like i've been working in podcasting for five years now and never once thought like oh maybe i sh- i could do that like <laughs> yeah but, but yeah
1: and now you're, you're doing it and you're, you're the perfect person <laughs> to do it i mean you know so much about it you know and i think yeah, you have your own story to tell too and I think that's awesome and you should be proud of yourself for exploring that journey and being able to allow it to get you here today. That's so
0: cool. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate it. Just a couple more questions before we uh, run out of our time here. Um yeah. what is it that excites you today?
1: Yeah. I the psychedelic assisted therapy for sure. I've been like diving down so many rabbit holes of when I can do the training, where I can do the training, what it includes and I think Again, I've just been in the mental health fields for almost a decade. And I think it just feels so stagnant in so many spaces. And that just feels so inspiring and so new and kind of like its own renaissance in a way and its own revolution. I'm really excited to see where that takes me professionally, but also the communities that I'm able to serve. I think too, just traveling. I absolutely love traveling. And that's how I actually fell in love with my fiancees. We've gone on a lot of really cool trips and we're getting married this year and we were just planning our honeymoon. And I don't know, I sat him down and I was like, do you think we could move out of the country one day or at least out of the state that we both grew up in? And (laughs) it's just cool to think about, I think, creating a life that's not stagnant and that's not rigid and that's not just stereotypical and, and what's expected of you and going against the status quo. and. That's always motivated me, especially as a middle child. If anyone knows about family systems, I'm a middle child and my family likes to really highlight that fact sometimes (laughs) for better or for worse. But yeah, I think just living life to the fullest because I lost my grandma recently um, and it was very, thank you. It was very tragic and very sudden and just, it's, it's been a hard grief process and so being able to stay connected with her in different ways definitely motivates me. But I think seeing the end of her life and and being so close with her during that time, just knowing that life is short and life is precious, and you know it could end tomorrow. So how do we really just live it up and and follow our dreams and follow our hearts? And if that means getting out of your nine to five, it means getting out of your nine to five. If that means traveling the world, it means traveling the world, right? But Really making sure you're following your happiness.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. I think like I I couldn't like articulate that so well when I was stuck in a position of a nine to five. And I was just like so frustrated and didn't understand why. And I was like, but I'm getting paid well and I got a job and the career I was supposed to be in and all that. But like, yeah, I love the way that you articulated that. It's it was beautiful for sure.
1: Thank you. Yeah.
0: Um, And then just one last question I have for you is what's next for you and how can people support you? And um, I'll put a link, obviously, for your podcast in the show notes so they can follow that and go listen to that. Yeah. What's 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 next for you?
1: Yeah, so we're Chelsea and I are really excited because we are just starting to kind of soft launch our cosmic consulting program. And so that is going to incorporate right now uh, astrology and somatic coaching. So we're kind of merging the two and you'll get a needle chart reading with Chelsea. You'll get some consultation work with both of us and you'll get some somatic coaching from me. So that's a big project that is going to kind of evolve over time. So it's starting with that, but there's going to be some cool other things coming up with it um, in the near future. I am available on hey underscore Alyssa Rye on Instagram, and there's going to be a lot of more stuff coming out there, but I offer personalized meditation, somatic coaching sessions, and really kind of any way that you need support. I'm kind of here for people. And what's next for me? I don't know. That's like a really good question because it's it's funny. I always had a plan and I know that I'm going to get trained in psychedelic assisted therapy um, in the near future, but I feel like getting married, there's going to be like a transition in my life of sorts, but not in the typical way of like settling down and having a family. And I'm really excited about that. <laughs> and I'm really excited to just see kind of where this path takes me. Cause again, once I quit that like nine to five stereotypical corporate company career, it's just been so much more open and peaceful and exploratory that you never know it's going to come out tomorrow, you know? So yeah. I'm excited for all of it.
0: Mm, yeah. I love that. I'm, I'm excited to see what you and both you and Chelsea are going to do together with your business. Mm-hmm. And, um, thank you so much for being on the podcast and, uh, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Gino. You're the best. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate
0: it. Thanks for tuning in and listening to Working Towards Our Purpose. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend and don't forget to subscribe for more episodes.